It's Wednesday, December the 1st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the Fed's taper teaser and Biden's vaccine mandate hitch. First, the world in brief. Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, said America's central bank may reduce its monthly asset purchases, quote, a few months sooner than planned. Earlier, the Fed said it would pare back its bond buying by $15 billion a month. High inflation could prompt the bank to quicken its cutting when officials meet in two weeks. Stock markets dipped at the news of the Fed's potential tapering, just as Omicron advances. As the Biden administration prepared new rules to slow the potential spread of Omicron within America, two district courts blocked it from enforcing a pair of vaccine mandates. In Louisiana, a requirement that millions of healthcare workers be vaccinated was suspended. In Kentucky, the government's order that its contractors' employees be vaccinated was blocked. Meanwhile, the White House was reportedly planning to tighten travel restrictions, starting with international arrivals. Oro Shaheen, the boss of BioNTech, said it is possible that people jabbed with one of its boosters will be protected against Omicron, while those with just two shots might not be. In an interview with The Economist, Mr Shaheen said his firm, which in partnership with Pfizer developed the first effective COVID jab, would examine the new variant for two weeks before deciding whether it requires a new vaccine. The Secretary-General of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, warned Russia that there would be a, quote, high price to pay if it were to use force against Ukraine. The sabre-rattling came as Russia massed troops on the border of the former Soviet Republic and boasted of its hypersonic weapons. On Monday, Belarus announced joint exercises with Russia on its own border with Ukraine. Local police said a 15-year-old student wielding a semi-automatic handgun killed three people and injured eight more at a high school in Michigan. The three victims were also students, and a teacher was among the injured. The suspect was taken into custody. There have been 28 school shootings in America so far this year, according to Education Week, a trade publication. Britain's antitrust regulator ordered Meta, Facebook's parent company, to sell Giphy, a platform for sharing video clips that it bought last year. The Competition and Markets Authority said the acquisition would reduce competition in the display advertising market and among social media firms by, for example, denying others access to Giphy's images. Meta disputed the findings and said it would consider appealing against the decision. Mark Meadows, who served as chief of staff under former President Donald Trump, agreed to cooperate with the House committee investigating the Capitol riot on January 6th. He has provided documents and will sit for a deposition after weeks of stonewalling. Earlier, Steve Bannon, a former advisor to Mr Trump, was indicted for contempt of Congress over his refusal to comply, a fate Mr Meadows is keen to avoid. Fact of the day. 30. Roughly the number of mutations in the Omicron variant spike protein. Mutations allow new forms of COVID-19 to better bind to human cells. 
and editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our podcasts and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefing survey. The link to the survey is in the description. And now here's today's agenda. America's abortion rights on the ropes. On Wednesday, the Supreme Court considers whether to abandon the constitutional right to abortion. Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization involves Mississippi's ban on most abortions after 15 weeks of gestation. It concerns whether the Constitution permits states to prohibit abortion before fetal viability, about 24 weeks into a pregnancy. At stake is the status of Roe v. Wade, the 1973 precedent establishing abortion as a constitutional right. Mississippi says Roe and the 1992 case, which largely reaffirmed it, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, are, quote, egregiously wrong and should be overruled. The sole abortion clinic remaining in the state counters that such a, quote, radical change in the law would undermine, quote, gender equality and affect, quote, nearly one in four women who decide to end a pregnancy during their lives. Donald Trump said five years ago that his Supreme Court picks would, quote, automatically overturn Roe. With his three appointees now forging a 6-3 conservative majority, the opportunity to renounce a half-century of abortion jurisprudence has arrived. The world's cheapest and most expensive cities. The Economist Intelligence Unit's annual Worldwide Cost of Living Index saw its biggest increase in five years as the pandemic, exchange rate shifts and supply chain problems pushed up living costs in the world's biggest cities. Data for the survey, which covers 200-odd goods and services in 173 cities, were collected in August and September 2021. On average, prices in the index rose by 3.5% year-on-year, with sharp increases for fuel and transport costs. Because the index is calculated by comparing all cities with New York prices, changes in the US dollar exchange rate will also affect their ranking. Tel Aviv topped the index for the first time, as Israel's rapid vaccine rollout buoyed the shekel. Tehran, Iran's capital, made the biggest jump up the rankings, leaping from 79th to 29th place. American sanctions led to shortages and soaring prices. Damascus, Syria's capital, remains the cheapest city. Its index value dropped as the country's 10-year conflict depressed its currency. Twitter's new boss Fifteen years after launching the firm, Jack Dorsey announced on Monday that he will quit Twitter. Replacing him as chief executive with immediate effect is Parag Agrawal, formerly the firm's chief technology officer. Mr Agrawal seems more straight-laced than his predecessor. 
The 37-year-old is an engineer with a PhD in computer science from Stanford. His appointment comes at a time of rapid change. Twitter churned out more features in the past two years than at any other point in its history, including a new subscription service and ways for users to make money. Mr Agrawal's appointment will not be a complete departure from Mr Dorsey's vision for Twitter. The two men worked closely on its recent changes and shared two goals for its future. One is to turn the firm into a crypto company, perhaps by paying tweet authors with tips in Twittercoin. The other is to create a decentralised social media platform that a number of firms could operate on. Mr Agrawal has his hands full. Cathay Pacific, ground down and grounded. In 2019, after some difficult years, Cathay Pacific unveiled an optimistic slogan, quote, move beyond. All the movement since has been backwards. Like all airlines, Hong Kong's flag carrier saw its planes grounded by COVID-19. But unlike many, it is reliant on long-haul flights and has no domestic market. On Wednesday, it will probably forecast another full year of loss, though perhaps lower than the $2.8 billion of 2020. Hong Kong maintains some of the world's toughest travel restrictions. Last month, hundreds of pilots and staff ended up in a grim government quarantine camp after a handful contracted COVID-19 in Germany. The airline may soon be forced to move crew abroad to sidestep those stringent quarantine rules. The city's status as a cargo hub, on which Cathay relies, is also under threat. Passenger numbers in October were down by 97% from October 2019. All of this means it must slash its schedule for December, a month that usually sees students fly into Hong Kong and expats fly out for Christmas. The Artistic Legacy of Windrush The Caribbean Artists' Movement was formed in 1966 in the Bloomsbury basement flat of Kamal Braithwaite, a Barbadian poet. The group wanted to increase the profile of Caribbean art. Nearly 500,000 people from the region moved to Britain in the two decades from 1948 when HMT Empire Windrush, a liner carrying hundreds of migrants, docked at Tilbury. But Britons, quote, didn't seem to be very much aware of Caribbean creatives, said Braithwaite. Life Between Islands, Caribbean British Art 1950s to Now, opens on Wednesday at Tate Britain in London, reviving the group's mission. The chronological exhibit features more than 40 artists from four generations. Death Walk, 1983, by Denzel Forrester, depicts the violence endured by Winston Rose, who died in police custody in 1981. The Front Room, 2021, by Michael Macmillan, a reconstructed 1970s living room, celebrates everyday life. Windrush generation artists and their descendants will finally get their due. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Mary Martin who was born on this day in 1913. Stop the habit of wishful thinking 
and start the habit of thoughtful wishes. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 